Welcome to 1-800-GODS-LOVE. I'm your host, Lamika Odoms. Thanks for joining me. I would like to start the episode off by saying happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Whether you are present in your children's lives for whatever reason you contribute to creating that individual or that child or the young adult. So I want to say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers and the episode title is Fathers. So I want to share something that I learned this week about fathers' sins that I was unaware of. I was listening to a pastor and he was talking about males carry four generations when it comes to sin. Generations are being impacted by what males do. He said, some men wonder why why they want to put their hands on women. Check your father's father's father. It's the sins of the father, not the mother, that's transferred to the first, second, and third generation. He also said that nothing a male does is private. It may be personal, but it's never private. So... That says to me, oh, another thing that he he spoke about was he said that before he de- before he decided to do thing do anything, he think about his grandchildren. So as I said, that was new to me. That was something I have not learned about, which it is in the Bible. But what I realize is the father's sin is generational. So if you're wondering why you're struggling with things that you might be battling with, whether it's addiction, whether it's um, physical abuse, whether it's adultery, it's passed down from generations, from your father's, from the father's side. Exodus 34-7 in the ESV translation says keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin but who will be no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation so basically what he said is biblical and I pray that the men that hears this, I pray that they be mindful that what you do is going to impact generations after you. Your behavior, your actions is going to impact generations after you. Your sins, it's the father's sins that impacts the first, second, and third generation. So that's something that I learned and I wanted to share. Also, in the message translation, I read different translations of Bible verses, but I want to read the message translation, the New Living Translation, and the Amplified. So in the message translation, it says, Love is loyal for a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Still, he doesn't ignore sin. He holds sons and grandsons responsible for a father's sin to the third and even a fourth generation. And then the New Living Translation says, I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and their grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation. 
And then lastly, the Amplified says, Keeping mercy and loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but he would by no means leave thee guilty unpunished, visiting, avenging the iniquity, sin, and guilt of the fathers upon the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation, that is calling the children to account for the sins of their fathers. So fathers, let's be generational curse breakers. Let's not keep the generational curses going, but let's be generational curse breakers. Um, I, that's very interesting, but I, like I said, it's biblical. And what we know about God's word is that it's true. It's living. There's nothing about God's nature that says he's a lie. He's not lying. is not in his nature. But that is something interesting that I learned this week. And I want to share with you all. I also want to speak to the women. Um, I've noticed in the past that when Father's Day come around, people celebrate single mothers, uh, mothers that raise their children without dads being in their children's lives or being present. And do I agree with that? No. But was there a time where I was celebrating single mothers who was raising children on their own on Father's Day? Yes, I was. I've, I've been there. However, let's not take this day away from a dad. We got, I mean, we call, call them deadbeats. We call them no good. We can give them several names, but here's the thing. One thing I've realized and one thing I've, I've learned, I've been a mother ever since I was 17. I had my first child at 17. And one thing I did not do when I was raising my two, when I was raising my sons, I have two was, I never talked bad about their dads to them. I never talked bad about their dads to them. And me and their dad, now we're in a great place now, but we haven't always been in a great place. We have a past where we didn't get along and we bumped heads, but we're in a great place now. I'm friends with both of my son's dads, but I never talked, I never spoke anything negative to my sons about their dad. And many times, when we as women, we talk negative about our child's dad when they're not doing what we want them to do or they're not um, living up to that standard. Or we may be holding a conversation about their dad to someone else and you think your kid is sitting somewhere playing, which they may be playing, but they also taking it in, taking in what you're saying about their dad. And one thing I realized in life was when a parent is not living up to that parent standard or doing what they're supposed to do when it comes to their child you don't have to talk bad about the parent whether it's a deadbeat mom it's, they, it's women out here just not doing what they're supposed to do when it comes to their children as well so I'm, but what i'm saying is we do not have to say anything to that child because the more that child lives the more the child gonna realize what parent was consistent what parent was always there and what parent was not there but not only that sometimes we have to get to the point to where we realize that they they doing what they know to do they they may not have seen positive male role models in their life when it comes to fathering a child so they're doing what they feel like they only know to do also let's not keep the kids away from the dad because they're not paying the court ordered child support for whatever reason they can't keep a stable job or um 
whatever the reason is, it's being a father is more than just providing financial support. Children needs their father in their lives. And if they're not paying a court order child support, what I would suggest is go to God. Take everything, anything that you got going on with a father or one of your children's dads, take it to God. Um, God is the only one, the only one that can change anybody. We think that if we complain, and I'm saying we because I've, I've lived this, we think that if we complain to the man or about the man, that that's going to make the man change. And complaining is not going to make the man change. The Bible even tells us not to complain, but complaining does not make anyone change at all. But I strongly suggest that go to God about your child's father, your baby daddy, whatever you reference. Go go to God. Or it may be your dad. It may be your dad. It may not even be one of your children's dad. It may be you may not even have a relationship with your dad. And I spoke about this um, in one of my previous episodes. Me and my biological dad had a broken, we didn't have a relationship. I was going to say broken relationship, but we didn't even have a relationship. And the world wouldn't even have known it. I mean, they wouldn't have known it because I was so close to his siblings and his parents raised me. I moved in with him when I was 13. But me and my biological dad did not have a relationship at all. He had a relationship with my, my two younger siblings, but we did not have a relationship. It wasn't until God called my grandfather home, who, which was his dad, that God reconciled me and my biological dad's relationship. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful that... Our relationship was reconciled. It was repaired. It was restored because my dad being, uh, mm, 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 mm. my dad being in my life is, it's a major, so much stuff has changed and I'm so grateful. I'm trying not to get emotional, but I'm a crybaby when it comes to things like this. But anyway, um, the other day, the spirit reminded me. So my sons and my dad went on a fishing trip on yesterday and earlier in the week, it might've been Friday or Thursday. I think I texted my dad and said something to him about, was they going to still go fishing? And the Holy spirit reminded me that there was a time in my life where I was intentionally keeping my sons from my dad. My dad has three girls. He don't have any sons. He has three girls. I remember when I had my youngest son and he was so, I know he was excited. It was a boy and he didn't have any, any sons, but I remember one of the ladies in my family, she told me, I mean, she spoke the truth and she told me that I was wrong because I was trying to keep my son, my young, my um, oldest son from my dad. And I was, I didn't know then that I was wrong, but back then my mindset was he wasn't no daddy to me. So why would I let him try to be a part of my son's life, which was totally wrong. That's not the, the attitude I'm supposed to have, but that was the attitude I had then. But the Holy Spirit reminded me that there was a time where I was keeping my sons from my dad. And the Holy Spirit was like, here you are reaching out to your dad, asking him, are they still going fishing? And I know the enemy played a big part of 
the enemy played a big part of that, but I didn't know any better then. I was um, going off of the fact that he wasn't no dad to me, so why would I let him be a part of my son's life? I don't need him and Blaje just that in the third. But when I lost my grandfather, the spirit had laid it on my, me and my dad had a big falling out and the spirit had laid it on my heart to have a conversation with my dad. And I was ignoring the spirit and the devil was telling me, you know, if you had this conversation, it's going to make your relationship worse. You might as well just leave it alone. It ain't going to do nothing. But make, if you tell him how you really feel, it's going to make things worse. And let me tell you, and I think I've said this before, anytime the devil tells you to do anything, do the opposite. I mean, the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. So anytime the devil is trying to talk you out of doing something, it's something you need to be doing. And I'm so grateful that I gave in. I let go of my stubborn, stubborn self and I gave in and I had that conversation with my dad and shared how I felt because it turned out that my dad never even knew I felt any of those things. He never knew. And the enemy does not like for the truth to come to light. The enemy, he likes to live in darkness. But through that conversation, me and my dad's relationship was reconciled. And yes, prayer was involved because I, I needed, I was nervous about having a conversation with him. So I even went to God and was like, okay, you want me to have this conversation with my dad, but you're going to have to help me because I'm nervous. And, and God just said, just tell him how you, how you always felt. Be honest with him. And me being honest with my dad has put us in a, an incredible place right now. And I am so grateful because I'm just grateful. So even if you and your dad, if someone is listening and you and your dad don't have a relationship or you and your father don't have a relationship, I encourage you to go to God about it. Um, the Bible also talks about what hinders our prayers. And harboring resentment, offense, bitterness, and anger towards someone, all of that can block your prayers. So, and I don't know what the situation may be with you and your dad. I don't know if anything has took place or whatever, where you might be harboring unforgiveness in your heart because something he did, but you have to forgive him. The Bible says that if we don't forgive others, how can we expect God to forgive us? So you have to forgive. You have to forgive an individual, not just your father, but you, we're supposed to forgive. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to forgive. The Bible says that we reap what we sow. So if anything has taken place or you have been hurt or for whatever reason, the Bible say we reap what we sow. So that individual are going to reap the seeds that they sown. But I also encourage us women to stop putting the males down, especially African-American men. They go through so much out here in the world. They face so much. They do not want to come home and, and still be in a fight. They, they out here in the world fighting. They don't want to come home, whether it's a husband, a brother, a uncle. They do not want to come home and have to fight with a spouse or their child's mom when they out here in the world fighting on a daily basis, we should be lifting up our men, our fathers, and we should be taking anything that they may be struggling with. We should be taking to God, anything that they may be struggling with. We should be taking to God. Um, first John chapter five, verses 14 and 15, the new living translation says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, 
when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. The message translation says, and how bold and free we then become in his presence, freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. And then the Amplified. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him that if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us and whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which which we have asked from him. So first John chapter five is basically telling us that when we go to God and pray and we're praying according to his will, he hears and he answers our prayers. And I'm emphasizing this because if you, if it's your father, your child's father or your husband, any father or quote unquote deadbeat, cause they, they refer it to a deadbeat not doing what they're supposed to do when it comes to their child, take it to God in prayer and he will answer your prayer. Why wouldn't it be God's will for that man to be involved in that child's life? I don't, why wouldn't that be a part of his will for, for a father and a child to have a relationship? And I know many people are raised in single parent homes. I get it. My sons was raised in, in a single parent home. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful that they're not what I'm so grateful that they're not a part of the statistics when they talk about African-American males raised in single parent homes. And I'm so grateful. But one thing I will say is I, I keep not kept. I keep my sons covered in prayer. I keep them covered in prayer. I keep them covered in prayer. And there was a time, there was times where I was praying for their dads as well. When their dads wasn't doing what should have been done at the time, which they have matured so much since then. And I thank you, God. But there was times and I wasn't even I was not even in relationships with these men, but I was praying for their dads. And that was then. And this is now they are present. But I will say this. My son, a couple of years ago, he had a wreck. And my son, like both of my sons, not just him, but both of my sons, they call me literally for everything. And I was, I was telling someone this the other day that, um, it's, it's crazy cause they call, especially car stuff. I'm a woman. I know nothing about a car. I know you're supposed to get your oil changed. When you get your oil changed, you get your tires rotated, but I don't know nothing serious deep when it comes to cars. But a couple of years ago, my oldest son had a wreck. He was living in Greenville, which was about four hours away from where I live. My son called me first. He called me and told me he had a wreck. I can't remember what I what the first question. I think I was like, are you okay or something? I can't remember. But anyway, I, then I said, did you call, did you call 911? He said, no. I said, hang up and call 911. When he hung up the phone to call 911, I got on my knees and started praying. Then after I was done praying, then I contacted his dad and told his dad that he had had a wreck. 
My son was somewhere, I think in Ingalls, in Ingalls one day years ago. His car went crank. He called me. My youngest son, a couple of weeks ago, something was going on with his car. He called me. And I know, I know why they do it. I know why they do it. Even though their, their dads is in their life and present and, and are great fathers to them right now, I know why they do it. They do it because I was a single mother and I was the one that was always there. I, and I get that. So when I said previously, like when it comes to your children, you don't have to bat them after a dad or anything like that. Like they grow up and they start seeing for themselves. I realized that as a single mother and doing the best that I could, that I was doing when it came to them, I realized that now that they're adults, like they still call on me for everything, even though I don't know, like when it comes to cars, they call me asking me stuff. I might be texting my dad or I might be, or I might reach out to their dad and, and, and ask their dad the question or something like that. But what, what I want you all to know and what I want you to take away from this is prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. I'm a living witness. Prayer don't only change things, but prayer changes people complaining and, um, having an attitude and talking junk to the father or the dad, like that is not going to help the situation at all. But I know a man that I know a father that is in control of all things. If you seek his face and take it to him in prayer and you may not be the best. My, I haven't always had the attitude that I got now. So, and if, if that's the case, it's okay. You can take that to God too and say, okay, God, I'm work. I want to work on my attitude and I need to reach out to him about something, or I need to have a conversation with him about something and you know how I get, or we normally can't even be on the phone 10 minutes without us going back and forth and arguing, but I'm working on being a better woman when it comes to this. So I'm going to need the help. I'm going to need your help and the help of the Holy spirit. And I promise you, if you get raw and real with God, God will come through for you. I am a living witness. He will come through for you and he will answer prayers. Um, I'm going to close out in prayer, but I pray that you all would take heed. I'm not judging anyone by any means. I, I'm not God. God is the only one that can judge all of us. But basically what I've spoke on has been things that I've lived, personal experiences where I was not getting along with my son's dads and attitudes I would have. But prayer, like I said, prayer changes things. We Both of my son's dads are in good places when it comes to me. They um, speak their gratitude when it comes to me and they thank me for what I've done when it comes to our sons for always being there, even whenever they was absent. But I couldn't, I didn't do any of that. I, I don't have the power to change a man's mind or change a man's attitude when it come to me. I don't, I don't have that type of power, but I know that God does. So take it to God and let's celebrate the fathers today, regardless, regardless of what's going on. Let's celebrate the fathers. And if there's fathers out here struggling, that's unemployed or addicted to things, let's go to God and take those issues to God and allow God to do what God only God can do when it comes to those fathers. So father God, I come to you once again. I thank you for just being God. I thank you for who you are. I don't take it for granted for this platform. I don't take it for granted for what you have placed inside of me that you want me to share with your people. On this Father's Day, Father, I ask that we would be more sensitive and compassionate to the men, um, the, men that's, the men that's in our lives, whether it's a father, whether it's a bonus father, whether it's um, one of our children's dads. I pray, Lord, that we will have a different, we, our, our mindset will be reset. 
I pray that we would have a reset when it comes to our mindset. And I pray that we, we would try to look at things from a different perspective. I also want to lift up the single mothers that's out there. Those that may be um, living with anger or bitterness or resentment. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to them. I pray that their, their conscience is sense enough to, to feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Um, when they're being convicted about anything that is not pleasing in your sight. But most importantly, God, I pray, Lord, that anything that they may be facing or dealing with, I pray that they will come to your throne, bring it to you, leave it in your hands, and trust that you will answer the prayer according to your will. Not according to their will, but, Lord, you will answer the prayer according to your will. And I pray, Lord, that whatever that answer is, Lord, I pray that they will recognize it and that they will receive it and 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 accept accept it father god i thank you again i know i've i don't know how many times i've said this but i thank you again for reconciling me and my dad's relationship i thank you lord for where we're at now mm. i just think about in the past where we wouldn't communicate at all we wouldn't even we would be in the same household god and wouldn't even say a word to one another but god you are so so great you are so so good you're so good and i am so grateful I'm grateful of how you reconciled that relationship and the enemy loves division. I get it. I know that. And as long as he can call it, cause division in a family, that's pleasing to the enemy's sight. But Lord, what I do know is when we place things in your hand and trust you with it and have faith to believe you do what you say you're going to do. Our faith in you, God, is what motivates you to move on our behalf. So, Lord, I celebrate the fathers, the ones that's here, Lord, I celebrate them. And, Father, those that are um, experiencing their first Father's Day without their spouse or their first Father's Day without their dad they may have lost recently, Lord, I lift them up to you as well. I pray that you would wrap your loving arms around them and let them know that you're a father to the fatherless. Let them know that, let the ones know that whose dad is alive and well is not in their lives. Let them know, Father God, that you're a father to them as well. Let them know that there's nothing that they, they would ever face, that they would have to face alone because you walk with us day by day. We may walk away from you, God, or we may get distance from you, God, but you never leave us. Your, your word says you never leave us and you, ne you never leave us nor forsake us. So, Lord, again... I lift up all fathers. I celebrate you all. And I, and I pray that even if you're struggling in any area, even if you're struggling with trying to have a relationship with your child, for whatever reason, whether it's got something to do with the child's mom, whether it's got something to do with um, a flaw in you or an addiction or a habit that's not pleasing in God's sight, I pray that you would surrender that thing to God and trust God to take care of you and that thing that you're struggling with. Lord, I love you and I thank you. All these things I ask in your son Jesus' name, amen.